Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Sarah. My name is Joel. And my name is Aaron. This week was The Dunwich Horror from 1970, directed by Daniel Holler, written by Curtis Hansen, Henry Rosenbaum, Ronald Sokowski, and uh, some guy named H.P. Love, Love, Lovecraft. Anyway. H.P. Cthulhu. H.P. Crunchy Doritos. Mm-mm, get your Doritos today. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Fritos, ironically. Starring Sandra D as Nancy Wagner, Dean Stockwell as Wilbur Wheatley. Wheatley? Waitley. Yeah. Whiteley. Yeah, have you had your Waitleys lately? Wetleaf. <laughs> Ed Begley as Dr. Armitage, Sam Jaffe as Old Waitley, and Lloyd Bachner as Dr. Corey. The movie was selected for us by the evil and inconsistent randomizer. Actually, the randomizer really hasn't let us down that bad. I mean, recently, Endangered Species was kind of a stinker, but at least uh, we got some kicks out of it. Yeah, there was actually some pretty good kicks out of Endangered Species. So, yeah. 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 No, but those early days have not been forgotten, Joel. (laughs) I'll never forgive the randomizer for some things. (laughs) I feel like doing this podcast has, like, helped me get over a fear I've had. Like, when I was younger, I used to watch a movie, and I would be sincerely afraid of what I would see. Like, I was always kind of on the guard of, like, what could happen next? And my imagination is pretty wild. Like, sometimes I'd imagine something way worse happening than actually could in the movie. Mm. But, um, sorry, this is... uh, No, 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 continue. I just think... I started watching some horror movies with our friend Jose recently, too. And I think that was part of it. But I think it's also this this podcast because we've gotten so many random things thrown at us and every time I'm okay, you know, whatever it is, I'm all right. But I think I used to genuinely have a fear of like being exposed to some like insanely terrifying thing that like had no name, (laughs) but my imagination was uh, overactive, I think. When we were kids and they used to, you know, our options were cable and uh, whatever channels we happen to have on there, you would randomly flip, you know, if you had the special HBO weekend or whatever like that, you just flip on a movie and just start watching. And sometimes you'd be uh, either rewarded or punished, depending on what kind of movie it was. All of a sudden, I'm seeing bits of Freddy Krueger, you know, when I'm 11 or something like that, which I know what you're saying. Oh, you're 11? Get over it. No, no, no. I didn't watch horror movies as a kid, so that would be terrifying. Or in the middle of the afternoon, you know, starting up some drama uh, and you not knowing the context of the movie. So 
that was like, I think, set us up for this, like, oh, no, you never know what's going to happen in a movie because we had we had our own randomness back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a subscription to TV Guide. Well, I there were things I was still seeing at that point in movies that were scary for me and unexpected. And I think at a certain point, you just kind of feel like, I guess I've seen like some pretty crazy things in movies. Maybe I'm desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not afraid of what it might be anymore. I feel like, I think I used to feel uh, more engrossed in a movie. Like, you know how now you can kind of watch a movie and be doing something else. But like, maybe when we were younger, we had more focus on movies. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think I used to feel really honestly scared, like in my life for myself, watching something scary and now I feel kind of a distance from it. Like, that's happening over here in a movie, and it doesn't affect me. It doesn't have to affect me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think that that's definitely something that I've experienced in my life as well. You know, growing up where where I lived, we didn't have cable. So when I was really young, we, we lived in um, Lawndale. I'll make it real quick, guys. Sorry. Not my whole okay. life story. No, it's okay. But in Lawndale. So we had we had cable or whatever. So, But I was way too young anyways at that point. But I remember there was definitely a couple moments where television really, truly frightened me. And it was actually MTV, of all things, that like <laughs> scared my pants off. There was like an episode of Aeon Flux. I've probably talked about this before. But yeah, it totally freaked me out as a kid. And then um, and there was definitely, um, oh, God, I can't even remember the music video now, but there was this one music video that, uh, that creeped me out pretty good, too. But when we, but yeah, we then moved from Lawndale to Fillmore, and growing up in Fillmore, there was no cable that went out to my house. So we had satellite, so it was like, you know, there were buttons that would go up and down and, and on the remote, and one that would just tell you exactly whatever was going, what was going to be next. So, yeah. How so, fancy. I know. didn't have that. Yeah. So I knew, I, I, I could read the little info on things and stuff. I was watching, trying to find local things on Channel 10 whenever they'd randomly show up. I don't, I don't, you know. Hey man, UPN was awesome though too. Mm. UPN? Yeah, you had UPN? Yes. The circle, the square, and the triangle? I was all excited when that came out because there's, oh, Star Trek and uh, the Nowhere Man and yeah, Platypus Man. <laughs> <laughs> Platypus oh. Man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's some garbage stuff. <laughs> so this movie... Yeah. Based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. Uh, he's the guy that wrote uh, the, the he's, Cthulhu, he's a couple a Cthulhu mythos. Yeah, the Cthulhu right? mythos. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't Call even know Cthulhu. the names of the Call of Cthulhu. Um, obviously, the Dunwich Horror, which is, this is named mm-hmm. after. Uh, Color Out of Space. Shadows Over Innsmouth. Yeah. I want to know because it's a fish people. The Mountains right? of Madness. Yeah, starring Sam Neill. Wait, that's the mouth <laughs> mouth of madness. Never mind. Yeah, it's called magic realism. The i the ideas yeah. in this literature. I think Nick is really into it too. Magical realism. Why is I, that? I don't think so. I mean, when you say magical realism, the first thing that popped into my mind was fateful findings. So. That's not on the same level. You know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about uh, magical realism. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel that it's more of um, the, the idea behind behind the Cthulhu mythos is uh, like the unknown. Literally. Things that are, that are just not beyond beyond yeah. beyond our normal human percep- perception. Yeah. 
Un- yeah. Unimaginable horror, literally. Like, uh, he didn't describe, basically didn't describe what his monsters looked like, right? It was like, if you saw it, there were a few. driven insane. C- Cthulhu was one that, that's well-known and documented. Tentacles. There was, like, there's, like, a little statuette that, um... That he drew, or, he, or that he drew, or he drew like an idol of of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's the one that 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 is particularly known. Yeah. All the other one, all the other ones have like brief, minor or brief, brief uh, uh, descriptions, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. are but there, they're all spooky. Are there comic books of um, Lovecraft? Stories? Yeah, yeah. There's been some adaptation. Yeah. Uh, in different forms. A lot of people have just you know gone on with their own tales, uh, making stuff like I know that a. Uh, Alan Moore has a couple of series, doesn't he? Yeah, Alan Moore has a couple series. Um, there's also uh, like a couple of just the the ones that are that distantly come to my mind are just like entirely just straight adaptations of his of his work into into comic book form. But uh, like Alan Moore and a few other people have definitely done their their own take, like 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 you just said, mm-hmm. their own take on it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Lots of different movies. Like I said, uh, Mouth of Madness is is kind of like that because it's uh, John Carpenter doing his thing with the. I've always wanted to see. It. I've never seen that one. Ooh, we gotta do it for the podcast. Cool. I haven't seen it either. Cool. I just heard a lot of stuff about it, so I think I like Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a good he's a good actor, dude. Yeah, we I'm saw that him. movie where he ripped out his eyeballs. That's right. Uh, the event Shack. was on the horizon, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Event. Caddy so, Shack. how different was this movie from the story? Entirely different. Without without spoiling too much, the um the story is actually kind of boring. I'll be honest with you. It's 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 like just straight up. This guy dabbles with stuff he doesn't understand. He's either transformed or his family is transformed, you know, is is modified in doing so. And so the story just follows. And, and like at the beginning of the story, it just talks about how this guy is like hundreds of years old. He lives outside of town. He looks like he's like part goat and part this and part that. Like it just lays it out for part, you. part goat, part <laughs> something else. We he's really tall. Yeah, you don't see that in this movie at all. Mm. And then and then the, the but of course his name is Waitley. Okay. And uh, and so basically, it's just kind of everyone seems to be okay with it. From what I distantly remember <laughs> reading it, like like there's no like obviously he keeps to himself. I guess he he steals this book mm. basically, and then things go south once he once he uh, figures out what's going. You know, yeah. Oops. Yeah, in this village in in Dunwich, uh, they call it Dunwich. But, uh, I read that it should be pronounced Dunwich. You know, like Greenwich Village. Uh, is the villagers, if you will, are, I guess, supposed to be country Christian folk. And I'm just surprised they didn't run this family out, out of town when grand, grand uh, great-grandfather apparently sacrificed somebody. Like, why were they allowed to continue to live there? And stuff? <laughs> They're not, like, rich or anything like well, that. Yeah. yeah, well, from what I can remember in the story, there's a lot of talk about Yug Sothoth, which even... which is in this film as well. And as far as the Lovecraftian bestiary is concerned, um, Yug Sothoth is basically like this walking tree, essentially. Mm. Like it looks like a, like a bushy plant kind of thing with these giant kind of tree limbs, or at least that's what, what human perception is of what it is. Tree beard. And so, so basically the Wheatleys are, were a, uh, are, are like, like a human hybrid of, of this oh. particular creature. Oh, interesting. And so that's why he's kind of like, yeah, it's like a goat, 
tree swamp thing thing yeah that's what yog sothoth is yeah yeah that's cool yeah and so but but yeah so the wheatley family are like the human side of that family tree right or whatever so to speak and well, so it, yeah. it's kind of the movie is definitely um true to form on that because they include them they include the family homestead but i don't know it definitely kind of veers off in this weird kind of 70s trip out kind of, right. kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> if the story is boring, I mean, they, they obviously had to take it and, and run with yeah. wherever they could. Yeah. Was there, like, ritual sacrifice and stuff? Not that I can remember. Yeah. It's been a while since I read the story, but I definitely remember what sticks to my memory is the description of Waitley. Yeah. And just how, like, messed up he looked. And how it was, like, completely spelled out that this was what he was supposed to look yeah. like. And that yeah. isn't what he looked like. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this Whitley guy, man, he was messed up looking. And I think, well, but 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 what they did with the story about how they made, well, I mean, wait, 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 you wait, go, wait, go wait. ahead, go ahead. Dean Stockwell did kind of look that- like a goat. Come on, if a goat was had a mustache, yeah. Well, goat. Have you seen a goat? They've got mustaches like crazy. Have you seen a goat? Have you seen a goat? Um, mustache. Do you know who Aaron is? <laughs> mustache. Mustachegoat.com. <laughs> Quick, bite up. Quick. Oh, no. Quick. It's already been taken. Quick. Aaron's probably raised goats. He's he's raised Dean Stockwell's too. <laughs> <laughs> what the? I, I, yeah. Quantum uh, goat leap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see a goat do a quantum leap. <laughs> Sam, you're a goat. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You gotta eat all that grass. You gotta eat that grass. <laughs> oh, no. The beeps from the machine. So, do you want to do a synopsis of the movie? I don't know. It's dumb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, the... Movie starts off at a typical college with young ladies and a professor that everybody adores who happens to have access to the Necronomicon. <laughs> I love how they name drop that like right away too. Like no, not even a pause or anything. Oh, be sure to bring the Necronomicon <laughs> back to the library. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> he hands it off to Sandra D. Like it's no big thing. Oh, here's a Necronomicon. What does that mean? He again? trusts oh, her. Book of the Dead. Don't worry. He Take trusts her, man. It. He trusts her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, anyways, the professor Armitage hands it off to uh, uh, Sandra D. And uh, her friend, and they take it back to the library. But then Dean Stockwell is is stalking around, as his name has told us he would, and he acts like a crazy person, like a like if Norman Bates wasn't <laughs> like like I don't even know how to say it. Like, Norman Bates is a creep. This guy is kind of worse. <laughs> <laughs> He's acting like a 100% normal person, like talking to people, having like normal conversation, but he has this like he get you get these visuals right away that he's like making eye contact with people and it's like Looking right into his eyes, the camera is like looking right into his he's eyes. He's like trying to mesmerize them, I yeah. guess. But he's doing like a like a robot thing. Like <laughs> someone would be like, "Oh, how are you?" And he, 
I'm well. <laughs> he has to pause. He's acting like a person who's trying to pretend to be a normal yeah. person. Well, later, he seems after Arma. Like uh, okay, so he wants to look at the book, and uh, he kind of hypnotizes Sandra D right off the bat, and so he's looking at the book, and Armitage comes in, and is like, "Ah, what do you think you're doing, man? Hand that book over." But he also kind of hypnotizes Doctor Armitage at first. So they go to the local diner to talk about things, and Armitage makes it pretty clear that Wilbur, uh, Dean Stockwell's character, is not going to get access to the Necronomicon again. He's acting a little weird. He likes him. He wants to know about his information, but, you know, they, they exchange phone numbers and, you know, have a hard handshake or something like that. But yeah, he's like, no, I got to go. Dean Stockwell stays there with Sandra D. For some reason, that that's when he turned off his robot thing. All of a sudden, he was kind of acting normal, smoking a cigarette and being like, well, "He was trying to." Charm well, that her. was weird. He's like, trying to charm her after that. Yeah, and she is oblivious. She doesn't see anything wrong with this person. I and I realize she's. I don't know. They they kind of do it in a ham fisted way. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you that like like the. You're putting this priceless book back in the glass case, right? Not not trying to take it back to the library scene, but like you're putting this priceless, you know, book back in the case and some guy just runs up and he's just like, Give it to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the book. Can I see it? Please? I just wanna see it. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> like every every it's just a book. <laughs> every part of me would just be like, hell no. You gotta check this out like everyone else. You see how I'm putting this in a special case with a lock on it? Yeah, that yeah. means not for normal not people. for you, dude. In fact, I don't even know why the professor handed it off to me. My, <laughs> this is weird. Goat legs. What? No, oh goat leg man walks into <laughs> a library. <laughs> hey, we didn't see Dean Stockwell from the, <laughs> from the waist down. He could have had goat legs. I guess. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, we... Uh, through a series of events, Sandra D ends up going back. Uh, Nancy, that is, ends up going back with Wilbur to their hometown of Dunwich with a heavy W, where he lives in a pretty pretty nice looking house. From the outside, it didn't look that nice. It looked like the outside of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house with, like, I don't know. It didn't have like taxidermy, did it? It was, it was mm, like it had live mm. animals. Yeah, yeah. There but, was a nice, helpful owl there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, live owl for some reason. Yeah, it looks like a goober place to be. It looked yeah. like there were some jars of stuff. You didn't know what it was. Jars of urine. Maybe they were pickling something. I don't know. <laughs> it looked like yeah. a pickle. You put your pickled eggs on the porch. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's kind of a change of identity from the outside of that house to the inside. There was like one gargoyle that was kind of just like on the right side of the house. Oh, like yeah. he was all like well, menacing looking. It looked like it was on a gravestone too. So do they have their like own graveyard? I wouldn't see that being too far. No, because that that would that would that would conflict with the rest of the narrative later on. Well, yeah, 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 that's true. But I, I don't know. Yeah, there was just a maybe. giant. I mean, it's just like something somebody saw lying around. It's like, uh, put this in the set. Or maybe they just got bored and they were like, might as well carve this here. <laughs> this here. His great 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 grampy <laughs> carved that. That's what his great great grammy. Trying to make this like. house look as menacing as possible. Yeah. Let's, uh. 
Start carving this here gargoyle. Yeah, once they're inside, though, it looks like either uh, the Spencer, Spencer Mansion from Resident Evil, or I was saying the the gigantic mansion in Phantasmagoria, which is a point and click adventure game. Oh, cool. Live action actors. It's really bad. Like, I mean, I like it. Can you link? I, I like can you link some information on, on our? No, no. I've decided that uh, nobody can know what I'm talking about. In fact, I'm erasing this entire podcast. No, We're just no, doing this not. for my amusement. Yes, I, I will link to it. Good, good. It's glad, available on good old games. I'm glad we're past that that mm-hmm. point where you're gonna delete everything. <laughs> but she's just like going along with it. She's going into the house. She's stupid. She's being stupid. Well, I, it's just like again back again back to the first scene. She looks at her girlfriend and mm-hmm. it's just like I trust him. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> yeah. Like, <laughs> something about him There's is really trustworthy. <laughs> Probably about the way he never moves his head. She's like, she's got a low ability to filter out the weirdos. Yeah. Um, she's just had real bad luck with guys. And, you know, it's just, this isn't a college guy. He's from out of town. This guy is paying attention to her and she's eating it up. He's wearing that she's sweet like, corduroy jacket. Wow. <laughs> he did have a pretty sweet corduroy jacket. I, I loved corduroy jackets. Um... I don't know if I have any right now, but I used to wear one all the time. Mm-hmm. The wardrobes in this were very cool. She was wearing some cool stuff. A cape. Yeah. yeah she was wearing a cape, that a cape swing cape that you can put your arms inside of. And um, she was wearing... Mm. Well, anyway. The devil's nightgown. We don't have to go into all that just yet. Well... He decides, well, he, he's, uh, first he's going to make her some special tea while she's uh, cleaning herself up in the bathroom for some reason. I don't know. Maybe she, sh- <laughs> maybe she pooped herself on the way over. I don't know. But she has to go clean up. <laughs> and while she's in the bathroom, he goes and unplugs the, you know, carburetor or something like that from her car. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. She had to drive him home because uh, he missed the last bus on purpose. Well, he's pretending it wasn't. And, uh, then he makes her some of his special tea. This is every girl's nightmare. Yeah. This is every girl's nightmare. You meet a nice guy. He pays attention to you. He seems charismatic. He d- turns out he doesn't have a car, doesn't have a way home. Mm-hmm. You have to give him a ride home. You get back to his house. He's acting kind of weird. Gives you some tea. You start to feel funny. <laughs> Something's <laughs> wrong with your car mysteriously. All Not of good. a sudden. You open a door and Grandpappy pops out. She just ignores so many red flags. <laughs> yeah. So many. <laughs> She's in the house of the devil and, you know, listening to her rocking music and she doesn't notice. That's a different movie. Never mind. You know, the other warning sign for me would have been at the gas station. When they're, oh, yeah, when they're, when they're supposedly filling up, and he's like, the the attendant is like cleaning the window, and he catches a look at uh, Wilbur there, mm-hmm. and just totally is like, pulls that gas th- thing out. You know, just they've been filling up for like a minute, and then he's just like, that'll be a dollar, please. And she's like, I told you to fill me up, that'll be a dollar, and then runs off. Mm-hmm. That would have been a little bit of a sign there, too. Like, Get me out of here. Like, you can walk home, dude. That's also Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, because they stop at a gas station before they get to the location. Oh, really? But there's yeah. no there's no weird barbecued meats in this scene. Oh. I don't want to talk about how gross that part is to me. Okay, so, 
Anyways, she has to go, you know, she's too tired all of a sudden. There's no explanation why she got so tired. I have no idea. It has nothing to do with him sprinkling stuff out of special vial. <laughs> or, uh, it looks like a bunch vial. of Mr. Da- Mrs. Dash or something. <laughs> Mr. Dash. Mr. Dash. That, that's what he gave her. <laughs> Special oregano. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's set up. He's got a nice room for her. Gets her grandma's nightgown, I guess. And Awkward. She goes Here. to sleep and has the first in a series of psychedelic dreams. I kind of wish we had some of that trippy music playing with the bongos and the... Oh, that part wasn't true. Some of the music was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, some of it was whatever. I mean, nothing's going to beat Hawk the Slayer, so what are are you supposed to do? Yeah, it's all a downhill slide from here. It's true. Insert music here. No, I did that already. (laughs) (laughs) There was some good music in this, too. There was that band in the beginning that played the, like, intro song to, like, the paper cuts or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that was a cool intro. The, like, shadow animated bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That's a cool intro. I remember that, but, yeah. Now I want to rewatch it and be like, oh, I've got all the context. No, you wouldn't have given him a context. It's <laughs> people like, I guess that's supposed to be Grandpappy walking with his staff. And then they get eaten by a giant, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Get eaten by Gort. Gort. Gort was very hungry. Gort the giant. Never gonna forget about Gort. So in this dream, she's being attacked by weirdos <laughs> that are mostly nude. And I think it's there's like Vaseline on the lens. Uh yeah, there's some 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 something dirty going on yeah, there. Yeah, so you can't really see clearly what's going on, but there's a lot of writhing and a lot of moaning. A lot of naughty naughty. And uh, oh I forgot the very beginning of the movie starts with like some weird childbirth, but it doesn't... I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to skip it. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a trip. It's a trip, There's though. stuff happening. Colors. So, yeah. When she wakes up, everything's perfectly fine. Nothing nothing weird is going on. She wakes up actually, like, running out of her room, the room. Like, she's oh, trying to get away yeah. from them or whatever in the dream. She, like, runs into her room. And oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what what was she doing? Was she Where was she? Where did he take her? I just can't believe how chill she is with everything that's kind of going on around her, you know? She's just like, mm-hmm. hey. He cast, the- he cast a spell on her or something. Yeah, that was it. That had to be it. She's just like... She's just happy yeah. and, like, sees everything as being kind of all right. I guess so. And there's something weird about Wilbur already. Everyone knows there's something weird about him. It's not just because the town doesn't like the family. Gas station attendants don't like him. Mm-hmm. His family has weird history. <laughs> That's how you know something's really yep. wrong. Those gas That's station right. attendants. They, they could Salt smell. Salt of the earth, all of them. They could smell evil. They could smell <laughs> the unchristian ways of... Yeah. Just Wilbur, kick him to the side of the road. Worship your old gods there. Initially, I got the impression that he was doing all this for somebody else. Like like he was a servant? Before before we... I mean, I knew something was weird in the beginning when he wanted the book. But at the same time, I was like, maybe somebody's telling him to go get the book. Like, 
So when we get back to the house or whatever, I don't know when it starts to, when things start to happen, but basically the grandpa is like, I know what you're doing and I don't want you to be doing it. Yeah, he's got a lot of regret. For some reason, he hasn't actually tried to put a stop to anything. And obviously, I mean, Wilbur must have been born with this innate knowledge or something like that, because I, I doubt Grandpappy was telling him any any stories about uh, the religion they used to follow, because he's really upset because Wilbur's mom has gone insane, which we, we find out a little bit later in the movie, but mm-hmm. he feels entirely responsible for that. When Wilbur is talking to Professor Armitage at the beginning of the movie, he mentions that he's also he's a student of the occult. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he's done his own journeys and found bits and pieces here and there and everywhere. And then maybe he had just found out that maybe that the Necronomicon was at the Arkham at the Arkham uh, um Arkham Library University. Yeah, library. Doesn't have a library card, can't check it out. That's right, man. But he's got his two rings. It's right next to the... It, it's he doesn't behind. have one library card, but he's got two rings. Is that the library behind the counter where they keep the Garfield treasuries? That's right. <laughs> and the Calvin and Hobbes books. Yeah. Don't want kids thumbing through that. They're going to rip the pages. That's right. Just like the Necronomicon. So, uh, <laughs> Armitage, is that what you said? Armitage. 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 And, uh, That's an anime, Nancy's, right? Nancy's best friend, who uh, I don't know the name of. I should have looked that up. Armitage 3, that's an anime. Or like, hey, this is screwed up. We need to go see what happened to her. So let, let, let me hurry this up a bit here. I don't want to go through every every inch of detail here. Sure, like, sure. Uh, her friend and the teacher, or professor, uh, Dr. Armitage, come to the town looking for her. They go to a, news, uh, a print house, right? For some reason... They go to the house first. They go to the house first because they, oh, okay. they figure that's where that's where he ended up. Right. Or she ended up was was taking him home. And then they're they're greeted by the 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 grandfather who's like, She's not here. She's not here. Go away. Go away. You're not my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they end up walking out from the bush and then and yeah. then uh and then they're like, you know, uh, I think I think uh, Wilbur says something around the lines of, uh, "Oh, she decided to stay here for the entire weekend." Yeah, and 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 isn't that right? Yes, yes, it is. After they had kind of a weird, awkward talk about her dream, where they were talking about sex, also, he was she's like, "What do you think about sex?" And she's like, "I think it's great." And he just looks at her and goes, "So do I." <laughs> Such a creep. Such a creep. It's perfectly fine. It was so creep. Why she didn't go, uh, maybe I should get going. Uh, maybe I could take that bus, you know? Yeah, she just, you know, it goes far away from you. She's an unexperienced young girl, so she's not supposed to... That, that's she, she doesn't know. He seemed kind of naive, too. Even though he had this, like, plan that he was going along with. Yeah. He seemed sort of... I think he was going, if the actor was going for this, he did a very good job. He reminded me of, like, a starry-eyed, like, cult person who's been, like, converted. That's just, and so did she. Like, she was supposed to be following him. Right. But he kind of seemed that way, too. Like, 
Um, Out of it. Yeah, like Mancini or something. Like, hey, I know what's going on. Hmm. Can you dig it? That's how cults get started. They ask you, can you dig it? <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's oh. total. That's the feel. That's the yeah. Feel. He does. He goes to like some newspaper, and they they send him off to the doctor, which uh, I don't even recall why he he's like researching the family for some weird reason. He went to the newspaper, found out there were two babies born. And they said the only doctor in town was that one guy. Right. And they wanted to ask the doctor what the heck happened because they didn't know who the father was and they didn't know yeah, it brought where up more the questions. mom was and where that other baby was. And that is Dr. Corey. And his nurse is Talia Shire, which I, I didn't recognize. You recognize, Sarah. Mm-hmm. You didn't even recognize. No, Joel. neither did you, Aaron, because you don't know who she is. You didn't recognize. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> was, they, they're doing some cool camera stuff in there, but for some reason, like uh, throughout the movie, there's been some a bunch of cool camera things going on. Yeah. Just, just using the camera yeah. to make it more interesting. But for some reason, when they're filming a conversation between Nancy's friend and the nurse... <laughs> It's like they, they show Nancy's friend, ask a question, and then Talia Sherrod to be there, and there's a lamp just, like, covering part of her face. Like, uh-huh, yeah, well, there've always been a weird family. <laughs> oh, this lamp, I can't move it. <laughs> it was like they let an understudy shoot that scene <laughs> compared <laughs> to the rest of them. It was slightly jarring. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, why don't they just move the lamp? Maybe they were in a space that was really small, and yeah. they could they had limited time to shoot or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. They, I mean, they did different effects. Like they they did a bunch of shots during uh, a later scene that was like filmed through cloth, and there was a scene where they were filming people through a screen door. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was on purpose. Yeah. Let's see. Cross off Talia Shire. Note to director: Move the lamp. And that's uh. <laughs> so I'm glad you got this on checklist, Joel. Oh yeah, <laughs> got this dialed down, dude. So this this doctor who is pretending to be much older than he is. It's, it's like uh, that was the best part for me. I think we get a flashback. <laughs> he looks like some Beastie Boy or something. I don't know. It's awesome. You just grade him up and put a gray mustache on him. It's fine. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, I don't know if Sarah's been there, but me, me and Aaron have been there playing old men. Yep. Now I play it in real life. <laughs> we get a flashback with Grandpappy, <laughs> and they, they did the opposite with Grandpappy. They dyed him all black. That was actually pretty awesome, it too. It was a, a flashback to yeah. the past where they... Had someone uh, use an eyebrow pencil to really darken his eyebrows. <laughs> hey, smart move on whoever decided to make the scene black and white as well. Because it like super accentuates his eyebrows like the whole time. That's all I was staring at was those floating eyebrows. Like a crazy person. Well, I guess he's supposed to look like a crazy yeah. person. So that makes sense. For he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. All I see is eyebrows <laughs> up here. <laughs> Eugene Levy's eyebrow guy. Uh, yeah, so we figure, we find out that uh, 
The doctor only partially helped with the birth. He never saw the second baby because it was a stillbirth, but he never saw the body. And the mother, uh, Armitage is like, well, what happened to the mother? Well, she went crazy craze. She went full, full nut bar. Full nut bar. Thank you. I'm looking for the right <laughs> words. I don't want to be too insensitive <laughs> to this poor woman. We mustn't forget the two albino women. For oh yeah, for the birth that's scene. A, that's that's one of the unanswered questions. <laughs> because it's like, and I went into the room, and there was there was uh, two albino women and uh, the mother on the bed. And after the scene, after he's done describing the flashback, we go back to uh, the modern time, and Armitage is like, "What happened to those old albino women?" He's like, "Huh, I don't know." Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Never questioned it. Moving on. <laughs> and the movie doesn't either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that in the... The reason Grandpappy is freaking out that... Or one of the reasons Grandpappy is freaking out that Wilbur has this girl over is because they've got this room at the top of some stairs that every once in a while they'll show it. And it's just boom, 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 boom. Somebody's trying to get out. It's got a big old lock on it. You know, who could be back there? Spoiler alert. It's not Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) I know you were all thinking it. (laughs) I was thinking it was more um, Dr. Robotnik or Eggman. Eggman. As he's known by the kids. Oh, you Troublesome animals. I don't know. <laughs> but we go to the insane asylum. Or actually, we just kind of go to one room. <laughs> it's padded. Supposed, supposed it's to padded. represent Arkham or whatever, right? It's padded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's this. There's an old lady in this room. <laughs> she looks crazy. She looks like a completely different person than the actress they had playing in the birth scene in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I got the feeling that it was this was actually supposed to be in Dunwich as well. Yeah. For some reason. Oh yeah, it's like, all like keep a local. Part of part of the the hot. Yeah. We got the Dunwich newspaper, we got the Dunwich downtown, we got the church, we've got the sacrificial altar, we've got the insane asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you can need right here in Dunwich. We're a small time town. Mm-hmm. And that's where we hung your great grandfather. <laughs> right from that tree. Oh, and the gas station. We've got one gas station. That's right. One gas station attended. Yeah, one bus. A judgmental. One yeah. bus. It's hard to catch. I went over there and I said, <laughs> do you have change for a five? And he said no and didn't fill up my gas tank. What a jerk. He knew you were not a Christian man. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so Excellent <laughs> judge of character, that <laughs> gas station attendant. You could tell. Not a crucifix in sight. Nope. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> we're seeing the mother in the insane asylum, and the doctor, uh, Doctor Corey, goes, "Yeah, she's she's totally nut bar. Uh, it's hard to believe she's only forty five years old." <laughs> yeah, I was lying. To- it's like a sixty year old woman in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. They made her look so crazy. They like did her hair like Bride of Frankenstein, like out to the sides, like white. Albert Einstein. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's right then. She keeps muttering things about like her sons and mm-hmm. Yog Sothoth and the twins. Yeah, a lot of Yog Sothoth. Yog Sothoth. 
Young South Alpha South Alpha. South Alpha. Right. Poor lady's been dis- possessed for like 25 years. <laughs> How old was she supposed to be when she had these kids? Well, uh, let's think about that. Uh, so how, how old do you think? I think Dean Stockwell's character is supposed to be like 18, 19 or something like that. What? Yeah, because because Sandra, Sandra D's character is supposed to be like in maybe a freshman or a sophomore in college. And how old is he supposed to be in relation to that? I was thinking around the same age, but I could be wrong. Okay. Mm. I thought he was supposed to be older than no, that. Nobody goes and buys drinks at a bar, so I can't tell. Okay. They can get carded. That's right. He's just making Mrs. Dash tea the whole time. <laughs> you don't have to have an ID to get that Mrs. Dash. That's he right. doesn't need alcohol. He's high on the crazy... Demonic Bible or whatever. Crazy flashing colors, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yogg Slagoth. Shmarmar. Shmarmar. Marmar. Chow, man. The Elder Gods are coming after you. No. You keep mispronouncing their names. I've been mispronouncing them for years because I thought they were the same characters as the ones in the World of Warcraft game. Oh. Is that the Cthoon? Cthoon and... All hail Cthoon. Yogg Saron. Mm. And uh, Reynolds Rap. Something like that. Reynolds Rap? Yeah. The feared Elder God Reynolds Rap? Yeah, come on. All right. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, we... didn't know that one. We flash back to uh, Wilbur and Nancy, and they're walking up to the altar, and Wilbur's like, get on that altar. She's like, oh, yeah. He doesn't even say anything. He's just kind of, like, pointing, and she's doing things. So she's she's full. She's already basically doing whatever he says. Yeah, the dude didn't even say anything. She just kind of went over to it. Yeah. He gestured and she sat on it right, right away. It was like, whoa. She was in a trance, I she think. She was. Yeah. And we get the pertinent information that she's a virgin because uh, you can't have a sacrificial altar unless you have a virgin on it, right? That's that's the way it works. But once again, we start tripping out and uh, Aaron, Aaron said the uh, ritual panic. <laughs> The ritual pantyhose on your head. Oh yes, the ritual pantyhose on their heads. Yeah, like, like, like the scene just goes from like from them two just chilling, and then and then she's lays back, and then suddenly like everything gets kind of weird and grainy again. There's like a texture to the screen, and then like these people in these black robes with like what looks like pantyhose over their faces come out of, come out of nowhere. Yeah, they're just all hanging out and chilling. They're not doing anything. They're just chilling. They're just sitting there. She has a costume change. All of a sudden, we're seeing bits of her legs and rear end. I assume it's her. It might have been... uh, You you can tell. The shots weren't lining up or anything like that. Could have been a a double. Who knows? All you original Gidget fans that were hoping to get a a view of Sandra D's uh, lady bits, I don't know how happy you'll be. But uh, Dean Stockwell's like, hey, guess it's time to get down to business. And all of a sudden he's taking off his clothes and we get get to see his awesome tats. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, what? <laughs> he's rocking it. I didn't know he was a, a Yu-Gi-Oh card collector. He had, a lot of, <laughs> he had a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh symbols on his chest there. He goes from being like a kind of normal... Kind of seemingly normal person to a complete weirdo in like less than I think you're five him, minutes. You're giving him too much credit. He never seemed like a, a kind of normal person. He had a little bit of a likable guy kind of thing going on in the beginning. That is he seemed really charming at dinner, you know? 
Again, this is I, I have to agree with Sarah. This is kind of like every girl's nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe you guys are going to get hypnotized by somebody. I'm, I'm worried now. If this guy came up to me, I'd be like, get the hell away from me, weirdo. I'm not what he wants. From yeah, he's I not looking for your he's type, Joel. He's going to sacrifice me. Uh, <laughs> so, Don't worry, Joel. I bet there's some cult out there. Crazy, looking, crazy. It's looking Crazy ritual, uh, flashing colors going on. Uh, Nancy's friend goes back to the house because she's still looking everywhere for Nancy. She's like, I'm going to go get her and I'm going to get her out of here. So she runs into the house and she <laughs> we get to see a nice close up of that friendly owl. And <laughs> it's a badass owl. Grandpa tries to stop her and she knocks him down. It runs all the way up the stairs and runs up this twisty staircase, which totally reminded me of the haunting from uh, the 60s. It's like at the top of the spiral staircase is, uh, in that movie, is a, a, like, a ceiling door that the character, one of the characters in there just has to go up and find out what's going on in this, in, in the haunting, which is, yeah. the original haunting is really good. The remake with like Liam Neeson and, uh, Owen Wilson. Did you guys see that one? Uh, Catherine no. Santa Jones. That one's a stinkeroo. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, I haven't seen it, but I, I, I saw some reviews on it. Mm. Yeah. That's a stinker right there. Yeah. That's a stinker. At the stop, at the top of this stair is that door that has been somebody's been banging on, trying to get out with a big lock on there. And when she opens up that door, we get Santa Claus. I oh, yeah, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. I don't. I mean, there were lots of things. There were like tentacles and snake heads, and there's some beard. Beard going on. Beardy guy. Definitely some beard going on mm. from her. And then there's definitely like some tentacles coming out of the beard. Yeah. But that it's real quick. It's a <laughs> real quick flash. And there's a bunch of colors. And then that poor girl is these like all these tentacles like hitting her. Yeah, and then her her she's like suddenly disrobed. Her clothes were I, taken <laughs> off by weird snakes or something. Yeah. I wrote down clothing stealing rainbow monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. Yeah. That's it. Because yeah, those colors. They're just, we're getting the full rainbow here. Maybe even a double rainbow. Ooh, yeah. I know the internet. I'm on fire. Flawless victory. What do you think? Of, <laughs> what do you, how, how far were you into this movie? I mean, I, I know you enjoyed it a lot. What, what are you thinking at this point? Right now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. There were a bunch of things that were really fun about it. In a completely, like, silly, campy way, it's like you you watch this movie with the understanding that crazy things are going to happen, and and then you're not disappointed by them when they do, and it's really <laughs> fun. Yeah. And I was saying, like, it's the kind of thing I could see, like, just playing in the background somewhere at, like, a bar or a club or something, like, or a concert, like... It's just the visuals are so bizarre and, like, the only thing that would make it more confusing is not even being able to hear what they were saying to each other. So I was thinking, like, I've been places like that where you see something just playing on the screen and you're going, what in the world is going on here? And it seemed like one of those trippy kind of things. 
But colorful monsters. I mean, do, you didn't have any understanding. Like, you don't know much about the Cthulhu stuff like that. Have you heard the the name Cthulhu before? Yes. Mm. But I don't, I'm not aware of... What the context is. What that looks like, or... It kind of looks like Aaron if he was green and had a bunch of tentacles hanging from his face. Maybe I have seen it. I think our friend Nick is really into... Yeah. Um, Lovecraft stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like maybe he drew some <laughs> stuff for me before. Not not to, like, give to me, but, like, you know, I saw his, like, sketches and right. stuff. He was trying to read out of the book and uh, brainwash you or something like that. I know what's going on. I, I think it's after this point where uh, <laughs> where Wilbur decides, well, things are working out real good. I'm going to have to drive back to that library. Get me the Necronomicon. Oh, I, no, no. Okay, that happens afterwards uh, because... You're getting there, though. We're almost there. Yes. There's another scene, though, where, like, basically Wilbur and... and, and uh, what's the character's name? The blonde Nancy. Lady? Nancy. Yeah, Wilbur and Nancy are coming back from whatever happened with the pantyhose face people <laughs> and uh, <laughs> come back and they're like, Oh, somebody's car's here, you know? Mm. And then the, the, the grandpa's like, I told you, I told you it was going to happen. Yeah, pretty much. And then he gets, falls down the stairs. Yep. RIP Grampy. Rest in peace. Mm. So I think this is kind of where things get a little like, huh? <laughs> For me anyways, like what? Because, like, immediately, like, the next scene is they're at a graveyard. Like. (laughs) You you were saying that you thought this is where you had started to watch it. Uh, This scene sounded very familiar because I'd seen this movie at a land party, I think. Like, I don't know, like, 2000, 2001. Mm. And. I remember. The, I remember specifically Dean or uh, Wil- Wilbur, I guess, in his, like in like this like black robe, and there was like this weird kind of like shot where like the camera is just kind of like doing like an upshot at him while he's kind of doing this weird kind of knife thing. <laughs> you look like you're doing the club <laughs> with the glow sticks thing. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of weird doing a, a bit of a rave move there, but he does this weird kind of wrist thing with the knife. It's like flicking stuff. It's like flicking uh, cult stuff into yeah. the grave. Oh, that's that's the thing is I didn't realize at that time when I saw it that it was the camera was sticking up out of the grave. Right. While while he's like kind of doing this ritualistic dance you just, around it, you just saw him doing something. <laughs> yeah. And the camera was pointing. And out I was just like, everything. "What? It's like there are lions down there." Yeah. <laughs> it was a trip, man. For some reason, on his little altar that he's, like, doing this thing with, there's, like, tarot cards. It's like, that doesn't fit in. Yeah, they just decided to throw tarot in, too. Like, yeah. I, Well, I mean, I think the idea was, let's try to make this as weird as possible, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bring as many not-Christian things into it as possible. <laughs> We're he just was, doing a cult. He yeah. was kind of preaching, like, freedom of religion. Like, people just don't get what I do. Like... Yeah, I should be allowed it. to. There is some. There is some issue there in that scene with like him, his grandfather being buried on like consecrated ground. Oh, they were something. saying this is this yeah. is a Christian graveyard. We don't <laughs> want you burying him here because <coughs> man twerk no Christian. Well, that's what I thought was so weird is because like he's doing this ritualist, ritualistic like twerking around this uh, 
around the grave. Twerking. And then, then, like, the cop comes up, right? The cop comes up and is like, oh, there's not going to be any burial today. There's no death certificate. That's another question. And I'm just like... What? He's like, <laughs> we're going to have to take Grandpa's body here. Yeah! <laughs> I'm just it's picturing... Like, uh, what happened? I just what? picture, like... So he just showed up at yeah. the graveyard to bury his grandpa there without, like, asking anybody? Like, hey, can I bury this guy here? <laughs> and this is why I'm just kind of like, huh? Like, yeah. It looks like somebody dra- uh, dug a rather massive grave, too, so... Yeah. I know, th- I know that people, like, especially death, can be one of those things where you're just not, you know, you're just not yourself because something really bad's yeah, happened, you know? I don't know how, how much he cared for his grandpa, but he definitely wanted to make sure that he was buried the way of the old gods. Yeah, he wanted to perform the ritual for his grandpa Soon as really badly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. So I guess that's a little commendable of him. And I had that song by uh, Death From Above 1979 in my head that's like, I don't want to die, but I want to be buried. Meet me at the gates of the cemetery. Awesome. They did. Yep. Except for Gramp, he didn't get his burial. It was a cemetery showdown, actually. It was a cemetery showdown. The townspeople were not having it. That just goes along with me being like, why haven't they run this guy out of town yet if they obviously don't like him? Like, oh, we don't like you, but, you know, we don't want to violate the rights of your house or something like that. It's like property or something? Like, they can't legally evict him or... I don't know. I guess a cemetery... No, a cemetery is private property to begin with anyways, right? Yes. So it's owned by a place. Yes. And then you you make an agreement with them, and that's what that's where you bury <laughs> the, the people. Maybe it was the local undertaker that roused the crowd in the oh, first maybe. place. Maybe. Maybe. This is when he takes his chance. For some reason, after after everybody's distracted by Grandpa's dead body, to go back to the library and uh, stealth. In, <laughs> That's right. I totally forgot. Stealth in the middle of the night, cat burglar style. Yep. <laughs> Try to get that book, you know. But he gets caught, and we have. <laughs> How long? Five minutes? <laughs> Rustling a uh, security guard and uh, hey, that was some pretty intense time. fighting. Yeah, that was some pretty intense fighting. It just goes to show that when you're raised all by yourself in an occult house with no one to play with, because your your twin brother's just a, a beard Santa Claus tentacle thing hiding up in a room <laughs> made of rainbows, that you can learn some sweet combat moves. Yeah. I guess he just practiced on his on the gargoyle outside the house. It didn't seem like know. he was... I mean, they were throwing each other around like he that. He some sweet moves, though, dude. I wasn't watching, I guess. He, like, he threw that guy on the table like a few times. Like uh, mm-hmm. He also got thrown on the table. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There was some table-throwing exchange. Body slam. On there. Yeah. Yeah. They got into it. And I thought it was pretty good. They they either they either just told him to go for it, or they had it really choreographed because it went on for a while. Yeah, it was an intense fight scene. I really feel like it was like a note from the studio head that was like, "We don't have any action fight scenes in this movie. You have to add one in." <laughs> so, like, we'll make the best of what we got here. I, I applaud the um, Arkham School District too for keeping like. <laughs> really sharp objects laying around. 
<laughs> for for fighting purposes. Because yeah. um, when you're like, well, we've already fought for 20 minutes, so I'm just going to stab you right now. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> With the Necronomicon here and the medieval armor set over there. Very good. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing in this scene, that too, that like really surprised me is like, man, that security guard must be paid real good. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like, he was like life or death fight that he was having right there. Yeah. It was a slow night. He was itching for something. <laughs> Dang kids think they can do whatever they want. I'll show them. Bam. The Arkham School District pays me well. Throw them into a display case. Oh. Yeah, so he gets speared. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, man, like there's like a whole suit of armor and like and like a lance or like a spear just yeah. resting there. He doesn't have to do anything. The guy runs into it himself. I know. He didn't even like try to <laughs> He ran right into it. He was like, I gotta get that thing out of his hands. Ran straight into it. Yeah. No <laughs> wasn't doing anything. His life was worth a priceless tome. Yeah. I don't know where we're going from there, but this, this, is, this, is, this is the end game of the movie. He's got the book. He's driving back for, for all I know. Uh, Armitage has gone back to the asylum because he wanted to talk to the crazy mother. And so he uh, yeah. had them put her, put her in a straitjacket. And we've seen this whole scene from her point of view, and it's all crazy colors, crazy coolness colors. I really enjoyed that, actually. The uh, way the just like the two-tone colors that yeah. kept on changing. Like, that's pretty cool. I liked how, um, like, a lot of the, the um, inverted faces, like, uh, like, it seemed like there was, like, a lot of uh, blacks where whites were supposed to be and whatnot. And it was really interesting, really mm-hmm. cool. Do you know what that's called? That's solarization. Mm. Um, yeah, there's this really amazing artist named Man Ray who did a lot of solarization techniques in his photography. And, um, yeah, I haven't seen much solarization in movies, but um, it basically kind of eclipses. It gives you a silhouette and some uh, photographic detail, but it also gives you like a negative, the negative too, oh, cool. in some cool. parts of it, yeah. And I was thinking that it was a pretty cool use of it in that scene. Yeah, they did a lot of cool stuff with the camera here. I enjoyed that a lot. But she says, Yog Sharon, what? What's his name again? Yog Sothoff. Yog Sothoff. Yog Sokop. And <laughs> she dies just suddenly. You know, well, I, I think I the information. The, they did, the so. doctor gave like a little bit of jargon as they walked into the room, like, "Oh, her blood pressure and her temperature, and she's her. she's gonna die." <laughs> some quick the jar- old you know, girl's quick- gonna die. So it's my medical opinion. That she I'm just an old country doctor, but her blood pressure. <laughs> she's giving up the ghost. She's gonna die. <laughs> About Listen, five minutes. I just got off my shift at the Dairy Queen, so let me check this. Oh no, blood pressure's high. <laughs> <laughs> he had his coat on like he was gonna leave. I know. He's like, let me get my coat. And then he's like, okay, let's look at this girl. Looks like she's gonna die. <laughs> she ain't got much time left. Look at this watch. Good thing I got my jacket on. I'm gonna leave because she's dead. <laughs> According to his Nurses charge. can take care of her. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
She's got <laughs> fatal plot disease. Yeah. <laughs> and Why didn't they care about her? Why oh didn't they God. grab her body and take her to the cemetery? Oh my God. Yeah, I guess he just knew that she didn't have access to him. I mean, he wasn't raised by her. He was raised by, by Grandpappy. So I guess maybe he didn't care. Maybe he just thought of women as a vessel. Like most men do. You make me sick. Anyway, as she's dying, uh, the Armitage realizes something is going on, and he says Necrocomicon, which is <laughs> Necrocomicon, which is <laughs> where the dead people go for all the comic news, I assume. <laughs> and <laughs> why didn't you take that over? There's <laughs> a one take. <laughs> He's got it. He said it. That's fine. Cut. And he, uh, Wilbur's doing a summoning thing where he's got the book and he's, he's got a cup and Sandra D's on the sacrificial altar again. And we flash to a farmhouse in the same, in, in Dunwich. <laughs> oh God, I forgot. And it's, it's like dinner for Ma and Pa and they're like, something's wrong with the dog. I don't know. That dog knows what's up. That's what's wrong with that dog. So do the cows. Cows, the horse. You shan't forget about the cows. Mm -hmm. And it's because his brother has broken out or something like that. And there's something going on in the barn. We've seen lots of colors. And I think they get evaporated. Yep. Something disintegrated. But yeah, stuff stuff is reality is starting to break at the seams and monsters are coming in and we see Talia Shire driving home or something like that on a random dirt road and she gets mowed over and crashes and then it's it's silly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, it is silly. It's pretty silly. Um, I have brainwashed you. <laughs> Yeah, and then so basically at that point the um the doctors, Doctors Armitage and Dr. Corey are both driving up to go to go, you know, finally <laughs> confront you know, uh Wilbur and everything and but then they get waylaid, they go to the farm, and there's a really awesome cool scene right there where like, you know actually there's a moment where like everyone's just kind of like staring in at the farmhouse at like, you know, the people that are dead. I thought that scene was actually pretty cool because you're seeing it from like the farmhouse's perspective of all the characters kind of lined up right there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really cool kind of scene where they're just a little bit of back and forth from everyone. Not, not really integral to anything, but I just like the, how that, that particular scene was cropped. But what I was really impressed was with how when everyone turned around and then you see like the water and like all the bushes and everything just kind of like moving a little bit. Oh, there was like a flow thing. Yeah. That's what, yeah. 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 That's a cool effect. Yeah. Like, I don't know, were they, like, driving with a fan, like, a large fan, like, slowly going along or something? I don't know, but that was really impressive as far as, like, the idea of there being something there that you can't really comprehend. Approaching. Approaching. Yeah. It was cool. It was, was, like, good. Like... It was a panning shot, but it was almost, like, double exposure in some places where there Mm -hmm. was, like, ocean... There was like ocean waves and like trees blowing, ocean waves, and trees. The dirt blowing. road with the wind blowing on it. It was, yeah. That was cool. I just, I like, because I liked how Dr. Corey looked at Dr. Armitage and he was like, is this really happening? Yeah. I'm only 30 years old. Is this really happening? <laughs> he was 48. <laughs> he wasn't like 60 something like they were trying to indicate. <laughs> 
Yeah, so they go and confront Wilbur, who's uh, by the way the uh, we the uh, Wheatley Wheatley uh, house has burned down randomly. Oh right, there was like a stone that got knocked over and blew up. Oh yeah, the the weird old <laughs> green stones. <laughs> of course, it just it just came back to me all yeah, of a sudden. An- another unanswered question: What the hell was up with that? <laughs> with the stones? Yeah, like he came into the house at the very beginning of the movie and just kind of touched it. It went like. Oh, like moved? He, he like moved it with his mind. Oh, well, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. like using mm. some psychic premonition, his otherworldly powers. And she knocked it over. It was fine, but later <laughs> the brother knocks it over, and it's just boom. Maybe they explained it, but it was cut out. Oh yeah, I feel I feel like there was some stuff that was definitely cut out. Grand, Grandpa's hand always had a glove on it. For example, the entire movie, Ooh, I didn't he had one glove that. on. It's because he loved Michael Jackson. I mean, he also had his weird staff, too, which we haven't really talked about, but oh, yeah, whatever. Staffs. Yeah. And like that He's na- just eccentric, Mesoamerican right? or Native American symbol on it. That's like, this is a cult, too, because we said so. Yeah, pretty much. Same image on the floor. A little appropriation there, more than likely, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just throw it all in the same box. If it's not Christian, can't, right. can't be good. Tarot that's cards... Okay. That's the uh, that's my lesson for this movie. No, that's not my lesson. Uh, so <laughs> Wilbur's almost done. Obviously, he's already partially summoned stuff. But uh, Armitage, he's got skills. He's got the mad skills because he's he's like counter chanting him or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I don't rightly know. Think that there is a way to explain it, Joel, other than what you observed, like. So Waitley's, you know, he's he's like pretty deep in in the book, making sure that <laughs> making sure that the uh, incantations are accurate. Chapter fifty four. Like you said, Armitage is in the know. You know, this isn't his first. Apparently, not his first rodeo with with, with um, <laughs> the unknown. <laughs> and and is able to you know recant some incantations back at him. And it's really cool too because at that point Wheatley then is like like he gets like his eyebrows raised or whatever, and he's like oh. Yeah, he, he starts holding his head like, oh, you messing with me, bro. He like walks down a few steps and like says something back at him. Yeah. And then walks he back and like him. continues doing his incantations. It's actually cool. Yeah. That was a cool yeah, kind like, of wizard fight. Yeah. I didn't expect in it this movie. It was a big moment for them. Yeah. Without special showdown. effects or anything like that. Yeah. It's done well, but it uh, doesn't matter because uh, Waitley... Bursts into flames and falls off a cliff, which is, uh, Sarah, Sarah, I believe it is Sarah in mind, uh, favorite way that people die. (laughs) The funniest part was that it looked like someone had set fire to a figure, like, of a human shape that they had, like, dropped off in a laying position off the cliff, so it looked like... The, it looked like like a mummy like burning going down, <laughs> like, a mummy. like laying like a nice down. big wrapped together yeah. kind of humanoid yeah. shape that had been lit on fire for a while. Yeah, like it yeah. was good and burning, and it looked like a forklift just like dropped it, and that it was just falling like. Didn't, I wonder how many takes that took too to get like the 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 approval. You know, yeah, that one looked good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. It, it was, was pretty so cool good. how he burst into flames and fell off the, the, the cliff, though. That was pretty damn good. <laughs> yes. I was thinking that guy looked kind of like uh, James Franco in Milk. And 
Like, I don't know if it's just been a while since I've seen Milk, but his hair was kind of big like mm. that, and the mustache. I don't know. Mm. I'd like to see a side-by-side comparison later. Dean, Dean Stockwell and James Franco? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So Armitage and Corey, Dr. Corey, have rescued Nancy, and she's snapped out of it, and everything's fine, except bum 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 we see an animated fetus. I mean, it's not animated. It's like a cartoon. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Like the overlay kind of thing. Closes on her belly. See a drawing. It's like, oh no. Fetus. Because he's like, that was the end of the Waitley line. Except for, <gasps> there is another. <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Da 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 da. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's <laughs> I think of. Yeah. So that's that movie. This was a different take on fantasy or that was whatever. Intense. That's intense. Yeah, science cool. fiction. I don't know if this is science fiction or fantasy. I'd say fantasy. Well, I, he could probably be taken either way, but I, I prefer to think of like demons and uh, that kind of stuff as fantasy because there's no technology involved. Well, it's definitely expressed that there's another dimension going on. Oh yeah, I forgot it's, about it's that. It's expressed several yeah. times that these are other other dimensional beings that are being say- worshipped. Demon or hell? No, no. Well, there is a little bit of mention um, when 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 uh, um, Wil- Wilbur is walking Nancy uh, through Dunwich, you know, giving her the the good old tour mm-hmm. of, of town, <laughs> and that's where my great grandpa was, was hung. <laughs> you know, that she yeah, burned to death. They left his body there for days until it burned. Then they burned it down. Burned the tree too, and you can get ice cream across the street there. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's where I buy my shoes. Now he, he just mentions in passing though that uh, um, the 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 extra dimensional beings and how his great grandfather felt that uh, that both God and 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 the devil were basically the same thing or whatever. Yeah, it's real brief though. It's real brief that that he separates separates uh. His mythos from the Christian mythos. Yeah. Well, this movie was really hard to make sense of. I mean, I had a really fun time. I didn't analyze it at all. I just watched it. I just took it in. And I think that I really liked it because I did that. Oh, cool. I, th- I think out of most of the Cthulhu or Lovecraft mythos type movies, this one is probably one of the best because there have been a lot... And there's some pretty horrible ones. <laughs> I think one of them even has like a Beverly Hills 90210 character or, or uh, actor. Is that Luke Perry? No, I think it was, um, what's her name? One of the ladies from it is in, is in uh, one of the films. Hmm. It's pretty bad though. From I, I didn't actually see I just watched the trailer. Sounds really good. And then of course there's Dagon, but I don't know how you guys feel about that one. Have you ever seen Dagon? You know me, I like those... Uh... It's not Charles Band, it's, uh... Anyways. <laughs> Stuart Gordon. I like Stuart Gordon. Uh, Dagon had some interesting things in it, yeah, but it's not... I, a, I don't know, I just feel... For me personally, though, I really enjoy the books, and I really haven't seen anything that's been, like, entirely too close to the, uh... To the, to the mythos. But I think maybe that's a good thing. Yeah? Maybe it's a good thing. It's a, well, it's a hard concept to yeah. do. I mean... Yeah. You probably do really good, like, kind of story of in the Innsmouth thing, yeah. but 
Well, Dagon. Yeah, Dagon is that, yeah. basically. But, yeah, you have to expand it, because these are all really short stories They're very, for the most part. Very anyways, short. Right? For pulp. For yeah. pulp stories, basically, yeah. Yeah. I liked the movie a lot. I, I kind of had uh, lower expectations for it, because I've heard... Like, if you look on IMDb, it has, like, an average rating of five point something. So, I wasn't expecting too much, and I actually liked it. You know, I, I liked what they did. Like I said, I, I liked the cinematography. I liked their lo-fi effects. I didn't find it, uh, you know, some of it was slow, but it wasn't slow enough to be, like, distracting or anything like that. I really wanted to know where it was going. So, I recommend it. Me too. It's on Amazon Prime. That's where we watched it. I'm sure you can find it other places. So, next week, it is Aaron's pick. And uh, he has selected a very special movie called Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton. No, that's not what that would What'd you pick, Aaron? Well, uh, I'm glad it wasn't that one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, my pick for next week will be uh, Ewoks, the, the Battle for Endor. That is the second movie in the Ewok series, correct? Beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoy. We'll see. If you can get a hold of it, that is, you know... <laughs> We'll find a way. We'll find a way. But we're going to watch that one, so look forward to that. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you two about your lessons, but first I'm going to read this outro stuff. So so think about what you learned from this movie. Uh, if you have any suggestions or comments, please email them to us at pleasedontpodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the podcatcher of your choice. Give us a like on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you subscribe on iTunes, please leave us a star rating or a written rating. We'd appreciate that. And that's about it. Uh, Twitter is at Outer Space Pod if you're interested in following us on Twitter. All right. This was a very educational movie. If you ask me, I'm sure that there were a lot of things that could be taken away from this. Who would like to go first? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I learned from watching this movie is... <laughs> don't trust a guy who's, like, acting all nice. They're probably not nice. That's my that's my lesson from this. <laughs> my, my lesson from this movie is, is that... Um, <laughs> That's like both don't, me don't and trust Aaron. nice guys. <laughs> it's no. hilarious because I'm sitting next to like two of the world's most nice guys that really are nice in the world. Oh, I know yes. all kinds of incantations. Read like, this pamphlet. <laughs> but I've met a lot of people who I thought were nice, and I found out they weren't later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. You got to watch out for yourself, and that's a good lesson from this movie, which was what I was going to move on to. Know your car's engine. Just go real. in there, learn everything you can, <laughs> so that when you give that nice guy a ride home and your car doesn't start, and you'd be like, hey, spark plug doohickey mm-hmm. isn't connected to the spark plug doohickey. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Something fishy's going on. Yeah, and my lesson is that... Maybe you don't need so much caffeine in your life. You could probably just drink water from now on. You'll be okay. And get that water yourself. You know, do yourself a favor. Get, don't, don't let someone else get that water.
I never let Joel give me water. Mm. I always go get water for myself because yeah. I don't know what might happen. <laughs> it's a very good thing. You could be drugged yeah. at any time. Yeah, you drop some really crazy stuff like, uh, I don't know, uh, vitamin C in your water. Oh, Ooh, devious. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Good night. Thank you.